I hate the hippies. You I'm, are a hippie. I'm, I am far from a hippie. With your long hair and your anti-corporate attitude. I buzzed my hair myself and I work at McDonald's. All power to Soviet burger. <laughs> Hello and welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon. I'm Mike. I'm Troy. And we're here this week once again to talk to you, the listener. You. On the bus. On the train. No, no, no. The one on the bus. The one on the train. He's, he's not our friend today. He said oh, okay. unkind things. Really? Yeah. It's, we're, we're talking to the one on the bus today. Okay. More to the point, I think... More than freaking out someone on a bus, we just freaked out someone on a train who badmouthed us yesterday. Yeah. Anyway. He thought he'd get away with it, but the internet's a big place. It's not that big. Bigger than my house. Or smaller. No. If, if you crammed all the constituent mechanical gubbins, which it's constitute the internet, in a place. Ah, oh, but the mechanical gubbins, as you call them, do not constitute the internet. They are a means by which information is transported. I don't want to talk about this anymore. You're going okay. to science me. Let's talk about something else. Video games? Video, Video games. games! Jinx. Have we got mail? No. Check for mail. Have we not got any? Our last episode went out yesterday. Yeah, but I don't know. Generally, we've got to, yeah, people are going to have time to stew over it. To pick apart what we said, which was wrong... Yep. Actually, no, to be fair, with the Zelda episode, sorry, Zedler episode, we got mail on that pretty much immediately, didn't we? Yeah, that's true. It's, like, if we pick on something that people really love and we get it wrong, they'll let us know immediately. Yeah. I'm going to adjust my microphone. What, okay. What, I'm trying to think, what do people love that I can insult? Uh, pretty much anything. Puppies, they suck. Uh, me. But you're wrong. They love me. No, that's not working. Because it... Maybe because I'm lying. I bet you it's because I'm lying. Oh, there we go. Much better. You have to clean up after kittens. They do it in a box, though. Ah, uh, they don't when they start. And Mind to be it. fair, when they're Harvey, they don't. That's true. They, they poop adjacent to the box, and they look at you as if to say, look what I did. Yeah, that's Harvey. <laughs> yeah, and there are more than one. Harvey cat. is a special case. Harvey is a special case, but many cats are special. In many ways is Harvey a special case. No, Har- yeah. There's a cat with too much rattling loose around his head. So are we here to speak about any specific video games? Seeing as we have no mail, we might as well roll straight into it. Crack yeah. straight on. Dawn of War. Dawn of War. DC Universe Online. No, no, no. don't start with that. It's going to be that thing where for 20 minutes we go, Oh my god, this is amazing! You remember the standard formula. We talk about something until we run out of things to say, then we talk about the latest MMO. Yeah. 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 Well, the latest MMO can come at the end of the show. Exactly. I'm keen to, to mention it to our listeners. And, and the be- Weeping Angel. Uh, you are a dick, times. It, it's my way of trolling the entire of Metropolis and Gotham. Just st- Is there a perfectly standing still emote? I wish there were. 
Because you always kind of your arms are moving as you're breathing, mm. aren't they? If you could just stand on a street corner or across the road from the uh, Gotham PD. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We're wanted men. I've got the death sentence on 12 systems. Well, no, you haven't had the... That's past tense. And if you had got the death sentence on 12 systems, surely you'd be dead. No, I got given it. It's never said that the sentence is carried out. It's not, I've suffered 12 consecutive death sentences. Now, that really would be intimidating. Yeah, because they're like, oh, shit. Wait, doctor? (laughs) What are you doing? I'm precisely douching normally. Anyway, yeah. I wear a suit of alien skin now. Suits of alien skin are cool. (laughs) I hang out in tap rooms now. Tap rooms are cool. The tap room is in Gotham. As you well know. Not Mos Eisley. They don't have taps on Mos Eisley because they don't have plumbing. You mad? No. (laughs) (laughs) But you dumb. Anyway. Why so serious? Why not? Sorry, I'm just trying to cram as many references (laughs) as I can into a shorter space of time. (laughs) Cram. Oh, you freak. (laughs) Yeah, so that show we are here to talk about. Dawn of War, that show. Well, the, in, <laughs> the intro, the trailer thing is like a sh- little show. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's worth pointing out. The first thing anybody really... I, I think people knew about Dawn, uh, Dawn of War before it was coming. And the standard sort of game developers getting the hype out, getting the ball rolling, the little tease, what have you. But what really, and I mean for me personally made me want a computer that was more than two mice trapped in a box was seeing the intro to Dawn of War. That that just piece of kapow, that piece of wallop, which is totally going to be the, the video for this show, right? Oh, yeah. Of course oh, it yeah. is. It was... That was what so... did it. Oh, funnily enough, I was looking forward to it long before then. True, and like I said, there's there's probably loads of people who were, but what really sold it, and I think just cemented it as, oh my god, amongst a whole cadre of gamers who had maybe only just heard of Games Workshop or weren't themselves gamers or you know, into the tabletop hobby, saw that and went, fucking A, Space Marines. It has to be one of, I mean, there's a, definitely a market of people who were going... Oh, that looks like cool sci-fi action that I'd yeah. never heard of Workshop before. But New RTS as well. I think that was a part of it. And mm. part of it was a new Relic game. Because all I really needed to be told was, hey, remember Homeworld? Yeah. The guys who did Homeworld are doing another RTS game. They're doing another sci-fi game as well. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. And, I was like, and they're completely changing the way RTS games work. Because they did. I wouldn't say completely... Dawn of War 2 did a lot more to, to kind of mix up the, uh, the No, action, I, would, but... I would say pretty much completely. If you look at the mold that was set by Dune 2, that was set by Command & Conquer, which we've talked about. Yeah. The resource gathering, yeah. that model. Or I suppose it's more ground capture and domination. Than this was is. capture and control. It was... There is still a base building, though. Yes. Mm, base building. tech tree building up mm. towards that, which... I think reflects a lot of, uh, I was going to say MMOs for a second, but a lot of RTSs. Yeah. And it's still beholden to that in some way. Okay, it's kept some of the archetypes, I won't argue with you there. 
but it was it powerfully changed there was no weak collector unit no harvester no nothing like that bimbling around or miner under attack yeah that yeah that wasn't there Fuck. and that to me was a pretty huge change in the way these games played and this yeah. whole uh, it's not two turtled bases with a stream of troops going one to the other hoping to weaken something or hope your opponent forgets mm. to select his terminators or some such this was a case of you have to capture and hold ground around your base and in no man's land in the middle of the map you pretty much was... always outstre- overstretched aren't you yeah so the fact that it was games workshop was just gravy for me well shall we touch on we've we've started speaking about it really before introducing it <coughs> we what have a little dawn bit of war? dawn of war is a real-time strategy game dated September 2004. 2004. Yep, Dawn of War, real-time strategy game from 2004 from Relic Entertainment. As we mentioned, makers of Homeworld. doesn't feel like it was in 2004. I don't know, it it has dated, but it's still immensely playable. Yeah, but I'm 12, and that's just, it's like I've lost my entire childhood. One day, someone is going to be in the pub, and they are going to be younger than Dawn of War. And when you realise that, you're going to shit bricks. I don't want to grow up. Shame. <laughs> Just get older. Don't grow up. Just get older. Yeah. Furiously. Mike Bell, World 1 Stage 1's own Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> the eternal man-child. Because Peter Pan was, like, skinny and useless. Mike could stand in for a wall if you were drafty. And that's why World 1 Stage 1 is better than anyone else, because we have an awesome Peter Pan. A war. Can't we just have Mike? Can't we call him World 1 Stage 1's Mike and let Peter Pan be the tiny, sprightly doucher? No. Jack's tiny Fine, and okay. <laughs> he's our Peter Pan. There we go, because uh, he's never growing up. I very much doubt that I ever will, to be honest. There we go, see? Gonna be like 80. Now, on, one day you'll get a on mortgage. The computer and, be like, <laughs> and you'll think about paying your gas bill and you'll be like, ah, bugger. I wish I could just go and play Dawn of War and masturbate for 13 hours a day. <laughs> i got to say, I'm the oldest one in the room, and I've never worried about paying my gas bill. I've never paid my gas bill. He's never had a property with gas. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. I like gas. I like gas. Why do you like gas? It makes this noise. <laughs> no, that, that would be flatus if we are to be uh, precise. But... <laughs> <laughs> we had established he's never going to grow up, right? Yeah. See, so, I was just um, waiting for it. Just Dawn waiting. of War. Dawn of War is a real time strategy uh, game. Real time strategy game. Real time strategy game. <laughs> Shit. From 2004. From 2004, sent around Games Workshop's intellectual. Intellectual, intellectual property. Universe, yes. The Warhammer 40,000 Mythos. Tell us a little bit about that. I really can't because I'm terrified now that if I open my mouth. Flunge is going to come out. Flunge. Go on, go on. You work, yeah. How long did you work there for? Uh, almost five years. Go on, give us some of the company. The patter. The patter. Okay. The it is the 41st millennium. And there is only war. For 10,000 years, the emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. There, he is in a deathless state. The master of his armies, his inexhaustible imperial guardsmen... The mighty fleets and troops of the Adeptus Mechanicus, the priesthood of Mars, which keep everything running, and the most 
fearsome of the Arsenal, the Space Marines, the Adeptus Astartes, the Angels of Death. They are genetically modified superhumans, very much in the mold of uh, Dune, Ender's Game, Halo, to you know, cite a more recent sort of reference. But they have, you know, they are eight feet tall without their armor. They have two hearts. They have three lungs. They have an additional liver for the really good Saturday nights out. They can see in the dark. They can spit acid. They can bite through steel and they can punch through a wall. All in all, they will fuck your shit up indefinitely. And it's around a chapter, a warrior brotherhood, as it were, uh, like a, a cadre of monks, essentially called the Blood Ravens, that the original Dawn of War first centers. As we're introduced to them, their practices, their various foibles, failings, and skills across a single-player campaign, which... Uh, and this is where it all falls apart. Because now you've got to no talk about the game. Makes no sense whatsoever! Yeah, I mean, it is worth pointing out that the Space Marines have long been divided into these chapters, these organizations, uh, each of which very distinct personalities, ranging from space wolves who are Vikings, I think it's fair to say. Blood angels who are high-class vampires. Yeah. The ultramarines, who are the sort of Roman-inspired, by-the-book, do-it-right guys. They are a Roman legion. And the dark angels who wear hoodies and cry a lot. Hang out in bus stations. And and white scars who are a bike gang. Led by Tom Selleck. Yep. Um, <laughs> and the Blood Ravens were a brand new chapter for Dawn of War, so it was a completely un- unknown territory to longtime fans such as us and people they were bringing into the conversation. Yeah. So it gave them a reason to start with all the uh, exposition straight it's away really on the whole chapter. Idea, because mm. you know we've got our own chapter, we don't have to worry about getting it wrong. Yeah, there's no canon to tread on. Which they... Which they did. Except that there is the <laughs> canon of Space Marines in general. Sorry, who? Space Marines. There we go. Space. That, that, that was in one of the expansions, wasn't it? Space Marines. Yes. Okay, was, we'll, we'll get to so Imrik Borealis <laughs> and his speech impediment. <laughs> For the Emperor. <laughs> ah! right, back, to, back to the original. Back to right. the original. Yep. Which uh, sees the Blood Angels, the Blood Ravens, blood, blood ravens. sorry, uh, as, as the focus of the sort of single-player campaign. However, they were not the only guys which you could play as, as the game also shipped with um, you know, an extensive multiplayer um, experience uh, in which you could play also as the Orcs. The, uh, well, there's no real way to explain Space Orcs other than, huh, Space Orcs. Bunch of green cockney bastards. They're and, orcs yeah. in space. Orcs in space. Big green, dumb as a post, will hit you with a stick. Yep. And the elder. Elves in space. Ancient, noble, technologically advanced compared to everyone else, but their technology is ancient. Smug, superior, Smug, sneering, fumed ponce. Perfume pots. I like it. It's true. Uh, who asked? There was a fourth, wasn't there, in the first? In uh, the original 40k, it was... Was it Was it the Chaos Marines? I think, yeah. I think it yeah. was. It was the, they made up the fourth race and the second bad guy, as it were. It was. It was Marines, Chaos, Eldar, and Orc. Yeah. Now, 
I can't remember much about the single player campaign off the top of my head because I, I, I started playing. Well, we've explained what the others are, so we'll just say Chaos Space Marines are space marines like the good guys we established that you're playing as. Yeah. But corrupted by Chaos, which is a demonic force from the Warp, which is a dimension that sits just outside our own and is used for faster-than-light travel, but continuously invades our reality with gribbledy demons and corrupts everything it comes near. The Warp is a landscape made basically of emotion. Creatures in the galaxy who feel hate, love, any particularly strong emotion uh, add to the turbulent world which is the warp and most of the uh life forms and demons or what have you which call it home are going to try and eat you because that's what they do and if you're lucky that's all they'll try and do to you yeah or they'll Ugh. sex your soul for all eternity up the butt <sighs> so the four the four races available in uh, in dawn of war there we go. In the first Dawn of War, because boy, howdy, did they ever go mad adding races as time went on with the expansion packs and what have you. Which is good, because none of my favourite races were in it the first. I really liked playing as the Space Marines. Oh, so did I, but they're not my favourite race by a long shot. It it got better. It really did. In encompassing the most of the 40k universe, it just made it Yeah, the game. And, and the playable been. systems and what have you. But... We're, we're, we're skipping ahead slightly. Shall we uh, go to Wikipedia and just quickly gloss over the, the single-player story? Because it wasn't astounding, but what it was is what sort of good, dumb fun. It was a yeah, nice, it's, simple tale. It's about a world named Tartarus, which is an imperially held planet held by the Imperium of Man that is currently being besieged by an orc invasion. That's what happens generally. That's bad. But it's what orcs do. Because otherwise they'd just fight themselves. Oh wait, that's really fun! And it begins with the planetary defence forces under attack by a mob of orcs. Uh, And getting kind of hammered, because PDF are just mooks in uniform. The National Guard of a world, basically. If that, they're sort of the police force slash National Guard... Because the PDF generally are trained. No, that's true. they're, They're kind of unfairly looked down upon by most of the fluff. Well, I don't know about unfairly. Well, they're competent. The majority of the PDF in a situation of planetary invasion would be conscripts who they had the training five years ago and have just been working since. And all of a sudden they're given a gun and told to go fight this six foot tall covered in chainsaws guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're, they're basically outmatched. Yeah, that is true. Heavily outmatched. I like the PDF, you can tell, right? Yeah. When the Blood Ravens come to the rescue, they make Planetfall, they land and charge the Orcs and start ripping them new ones. Because that's a much fairer fight. Yeah. If you've got an Orc who's an eight foot tall green monster, send an eight foot guy in power armor after him. Actually, it's not that fair, is it? No. No. But there are more Orcs. There are a lot of Orcs. And the great thing about Orcs is when there's a fight, more turn up. It's exponential. The more you kill, the more turn up. And they Pretty get stronger much. from fighting. It's how they grow up. However, once you've uh, cleared away the orc forces and evacuated anyone who was in the danger area, you you sort of discover that there's a, a little bit of a little bit of chaos knocking around. 
and a little bit of chaos is always a bad thing because it, it's like like looking into your ceiling and noticing that there's a little bit of mold what that represents is a far deeper problem yep and that's, that's a condemned building basically yeah. uh which is why an inquisitor turns up uh, uh, yeah the inquisition in a nutshell for you guys they are the Inquisition. They are the Inquisition. They are whips and chains and and truth serums and absolute self-appointed authority based yep. on religious grounds. We will kill an entire planet just to make absolutely sure we got the one bad guy. So they've turned up. Hooray! And they warn the Blood Raven that a warp storm is coming and will consume the planet in just a few days. Which is bad. It's very bad. It means the planet will be lost, essentially, for an unknown period of time. So, naturally, they start organising a complete evacuation of the planet. Except that the captain of the Blood Ravens refuses to go. Because he decides the Inquisition clearly not that important. And Which is established that Space Marines are the one agency in the entire Imperium are not required to follow the orders of the Inquisition. That they is true. Apart. So, I mean, that is, that's fine, but I would listen to him in this instance. Yeah. Dude, but- a big asshole full of assholes is going to eat this planet. Do you want to be here when they show up? Yes! Well, you're a knob. Well, no. I mean, I think his principle here is, I've got three days. Right. And I'm it makes for to- a good game. I'm going mm-hmm. to kill everything in three days. Well, I'm at least going to <laughs> investigate chaos. There is chaos here. Let us examine the nature of this taint. And that is a thing pretty specific to the Blood Ravens, is that the idea behind them is they are the gatherers of knowledge. If there's something that interests them, even if it's a bit iffy and magic-y and chaos, they'll get really interested and have to go look at it anyway. Which is the accusation the Inquisitor makes. He says, you're a Blood Raven, you're obsessed with this stuff. You're, you know... You're seeing something potentially interesting where there isn't. There's just a taint of chaos on a planet that's about to be consumed by the warp. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, but isn't that interesting? Apparently. However, uh, the Blood Ravens go off to investigate the chaos taint and discover not the chaos taint at first, but the Eldar. Those dicks. They're here too. Man, Tartarus is like party central. Yeah. If ever you've wanted to be killed in new and interesting ways, Tartarus is where you want to be. And then, after discovering the Eldar, they discover a Chaos Altar. So, this planet's looking worse and worse, really, by the the grounds of the Imperial Judgment. Not a great place. So it's sort of uh, purge time. (laughs) How casually you say that. (laughs) Kill everybody in the world. Let's go crazy. Load up the weapons. Do the village. The whole fucking village. Let's do it. And they decide to go after the Eldar first. Weaker, squishier targets, I presume. Yep, that's exactly my mentality. Yep. And off they go, and they discover that there's a Farseer. Witch lady. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much like a cross between a shaman and a sort of... uh... Well, they're not elected. They just tend to be poncy and powerful. Imagine if Gandalf were a pointy-eared pillock. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And this Farseer informs... Uh, I swear I thought you said, this bastard informs... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Carol. This Farseer informs the captain 
that uh, the Chaos Sorcerer of the Alpha Legion has stolen an artifact that will be the key to the undoing of this world. Nice grand stuff happening. Yep. And that basically uh, gives Gabriel the reason to go off after the Alpha Legion. Fair enough. We've got a nice bit of motivation like they needed it. Yeah, because it's... Right. I don't care what they're doing. I'm done killing you now. You I can see them over there. I'm going to go kill them. Black Legion? Alpha Legion. It was Alpha Legion was in it? the first one. Which yeah. didn't make a lot of sense, because that's not how the Alpha Legion work. Not how they fight. Well, no. it was a combination of Alpha Legion and Traitor Imperial Guard. Oh, those guys are bad. Yep. So, Gabriel and Isidore confront Toth, who we haven't established who any of these people are. Uh, Toth is the Inquisitor. Gabriel is the captain. Isidore's the librarian. Yep. Who's a human psycho. A psychic human space marine. Psychic human space marine. Who only occasionally flips out and turns into a demon. If anyone's played uh, Dragon Age and is familiar with the concept of mages are at threat from the creatures that live in the Fade. It's pretty much the same thing. Librarians are at threat from creatures that live in the Warp. But they're eight foot tall super bastards, so they're pretty good at resisting it. But when it goes wrong, it goes awfully wrong. It goes so cool wrong. <laughs> like, properly, you know, you're going to tell your grandkids about the time you saw this go wrong. If you survive. Which you yep. won't. So, um, the Inquisitor reveals that this planet is cursed by chaos and contains an ancient chaotic artifact that is the essence of a demon of the warp. War. So he thought it would be a good idea to let the planet get swallowed up by the warp. And the forces of chaos now have everything they need to resummon the demon. Uh, the Eldar, who we just went off and slaughtered, were actually here to prevent chaos from doing that. But it doesn't matter. Sorry! Alien. They, no, were, the, they it, were the ones who imprisoned the demon in the first place. Don't be sorry, they're aliens and they needed to be taught a lesson. Yeah, don't be an alien, you bastard. Bang! And I think it needs... At least some explaining here that that does make sense because the Eldar and Chaos do have a beef going back quite a long way. Yeah, they do. They basically, well, way back in the day when mankind became one of nature's first drummers on the planet by banging rocks together, the Eldar were basically doing a lot of screwing around. And this is as literally as you care to take it. The Eldar, they were perverts. On a grand scale, they started deciding to indulge every debauched thought, fantasy, or idea that came into their heads. Uh, you know, bloodletting, um, rivers of milk, and demons. Uh, basically, they, they love to fuck. Really weird. And this, uh, as I mentioned earlier about the whole thing of uh, emotion, is what gives the warp its power. The combined emotional output of the Eldar race, who are very in tune with the warp itself and, uh, you know, their, their selves, because, oh, we feel everything much more significantly than a human does. Uh, go after the Grey Havens, you buggers. Um, they managed, through all their fuckery do, to birth an entire chaos god called Slanesh, who is... The best Chaos God. Who, who is... No, who is... Who is D, basically, in <laughs> God form. 
the, the god of excess. He's he's the well, god of excess, it. god of whips, chains, dick girls, and and boob snakes. Boob snakes. Yeah, uh, they made him. Her. It. That. And that immediately went. Ah, oh, good. Good, excellent. I'm alive. That's a bit nice. Um, let's kill everybody. Then. Let's kill everything. No, I'm no, I'm not. Actually, let's kill corrupt, kill pervert. corrupt, pervert. Have sex with, turn inside out, do it again with everything I can possibly get my hands on. And the elder immediately went, "Aboo!" Because they had lost like half of their homework. Most of the elder was, went, "Aboo!" Yeah, except for the dark elder, who are actually pretty bitching. They're kind of still like that. Yeah, they decided not to give it up. Everyone else was like, oh, oh, that's bad. The Dark like, Eldar sort of had the, well, we've now created the Chaos God. That's kind of as bad as it gets. So it can't actually have any worse repercussions now. What's the incentive to stop? Oh, yeah, when we die, our essences will be sucked into the warp where we'll immediately be tormented by Slanesh directly over, well, eternity. Yeah, but that's, that's when bad. we die. That's if we die. Let's not die! Let's live forever! Sweet. Then we're okay! That's how we cheat Slanesh. Yeah. Whereas the Eldar have the different idea of, well, when we die, we carry on us a little a little gem called a soul stone, and our spirit is put into there. And that soul stone then gets put, well, in a, in a hall of relics, or it's built into the hilt of a sword which then has you know gives the a bearer a little bit more skill with his blade it it is attuned to him naturally or it gets put into a 30 foot tall psychoplastic construct with guns everywhere and fuck you written across its head and big <laughs> stompy feet which is another way of living forever yeah, you get made into a wraith guard or a wraith lord if a you're a giant war machine hero. basically yeah and you go around kicking shit for eternity. Which is pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. It's not a bad way to not go. Yeah. Basically, Davy Jones had the wrong idea. What you gotta do yeah. is make people 25 feet tall and bitching. And yep. Yeah. <laughs> do you fear death? Do you like this giant robot? Sweet. Um, <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Let's go for giant robot. Yeah, if Davy Jones had go, for a hundred years, would you like to be the Kraken? Fuck I, yes. I, yeah, I bet a lot more people would have gone, holy shit, yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, where were we? Oh yes, that's <laughs> I right. I forgot where that came from. The Eldar <laughs> had locked the Chaos Demon away. There and, we go. Uh, they were uh, battling to prevent the Alpha Legion from reviving the demon, and we killed them all. So now it's our job. I remember they had However. Because they were alien scumbags. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, they were still Xenos scum. However, that librarian we mentioned, you know how he said he, he, he very rarely flipped out? Yeah. Turns out the presence of a near demon consecrated in this stone is a bit much. And Combined still... with the chaos sorcerer poking him and going, hey. Oh yeah, hey, I forgot about him. Hey, hey, do you know what that thing is? Hey, hey it's hey, power. It's hey. called power. It's lots of power. Do you want power? Someone just occasionally going, Saruman! <laughs> oh, yes, yes. What? So, our, our librarian friend is sort of going, Huh, you know, I bet I could turn it towards the Imperial uh, uh, use, and, and it would be perfectly okay. I, I bet I could, you know, use it to my own ends, and that would be fine. And nothing at all could 
possibly go wrong? And then sort of flips out and becomes a traitor and tries to summon a demon. Yeah. And you have to go after your own librarian. Nothing could ever go wrong, bold text. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I got a bad feeling about this. Which leaves you without a librarian. Against a chaos demon. Who, uh, well, basically what's happened is whilst you were distracted trying to chase down the traitor, uh, the sorcerer has fucked off and summoned the demon and become himself a demon prince. Which is super bad. Yes. Because you take the power and the, the strength and just raw energy of a demon and you marry it to the intelligence and cunning and just base dickishness that is An know, a, a conscious mind. Conscious mind covered in chainsaws. Yeah. And what is the uh, the Adeptus Astartes, the Space Marine's greatest weapon in the fight against demons? Librarians, generally speaking. Yeah. Or chaplains. And, and now we don't have a librarian anymore. <clears throat> okay. And that's why the final tight... Uh, final tight? Final fight is a bit and tough. That's why the final fight is, is a, a bit, bit tough. tough. Yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. You said words. Well done. I said many words. Many of them were wrong. And I think as far as single player goes, we can kind of go, yeah, and that's how it works. And we'll leave it there. I think the, the, the ending of that one in particular is kind of, eh, if people still want to play it, it's not so old. You can't still enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And uh, there is a twist. There is a, what a twist. Uh, also, interestingly, Dawn of War, the complete series, available on Steam. Of course. Was Just recently on the Relic complete pack. Yep. But that's not on sale anymore. At Dawn of War, the complete pack is normally on special. Um, it isn't at the moment. Oh, shame. Keep your eyes open. But we've talked about it, so it will be. Yep. Yeah. We've pretty much ensured that. However, that's the story. Yeah. Now, in terms of gameplay... Yes, and this is where Dawn of War stands apart. It differs from most RTSs. Because I mean, we're, we're workshop fans. So putting orcs and space marines and shit on a... On a gaming board, yep. which we immediately think of it as, but the, the world environment in front of you, which you're fighting over, I'm sold. It, it is cool, especially when your know, Relic have put so much attention to detail in the animations and yeah. such. And it's a 3D graphics engine, even though RTSs are fundamentally two-dimensional, mm -hmm. so that you can get right in up close and watch. And you really can, because... Though the, the you know, teams are organized into squads, you know, 10 men, 20 men, however it works, when you get into close combat, they are fighting individually. You can watch individual scraps. They will go one-on-one. On one. Yeah. And, and especially when you have something like a Dreadnought, which is a giant ironclad killamajig. It's a, it's a life support machine with guns, basically. And a lot of armor. Yeah. And when one of those wades into close combat with an entire squad of orcs, and you can see it picking individual orcs up off the ground, crushing their bodies and flinging them away, you think, yeah. That's if it hasn't set them on fire first. True. Yeah, but that's when you think, yeah, Relic, Relic understand. They get it. It is over the top. And it should be. Yeah. And uh, gameplay-wise, it does differ. As we said earlier, it doesn't have any harvesting of resources specifically. Well... It does slightly, uh, but no in a much harvesting. more organic way. There is acquisition yeah. of resources, which comes in forms of your ability to requisition. And requisitioning is phoning up to the battle barge, the giant carrier ship in orbit over Tartarus, and saying, we need this. 
Like, okay, well, um, we need to be convinced. You need to prove that you can uh, hold this position. You as a commander need to grab ground, kill enemies, and hold your own ground in order to prove to them up above you that you're worth the effort. And the expenditure of resources. And so you start off with a very limited requisition budget. They'll drop down an HQ on you. You can drop down a barracks, which you can use to turn out marines. And I don't... You can normally have about three units on the table initially. Something like that. Because you also get a a population cap that increases as you grab ground uh, that allows you to summon more units, more vehicles, etc. And then you send these troops out to capture strategic points across the map. And these are, well, they're like flagpoles, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And you have to capture them and then hold them. It's kind of like King of the Hill meets RTS in a way. Yeah, almost almost exactly. Mm. Except there are multiple hills. Yeah, there are. Many, many hills, and they come in different types. And they also, generally, the, the basic uh, strategic points are in strategic points. Yeah, they, they actually look really are. really cool. <laughs> On top of a hill overlooking a valley where the enemy yeah, might possibly a ravine, come through. Or a river's running through. Or a crossroads in a city map. Yeah. Or at the, in the middle of the only ford across a river on the map. So they are points that you will want to have control over. And once you've captured a control point, you can sort of mount a turret on it and leave it to fend for itself to a degree. Until a tank turns up. Until a tank yeah. turns up. Because they make natural focal points for combat. Very much so. They're usually en route between locations in, as we said, naturally strategic places. But then it there is, are... It's a very organic way of making you think strate- strategically about it. Because I didn't notice it at first. It's I do it in all games that I yeah. play now. So I identify the terrain, where people will go, where will give me the most advantage. And it's from capturing points on Dawn of War. Yeah. Because I didn't think about it before that, because I was 12. And you think less <laughs> about static defence, and instead you have infantry... Te- you know, your army is what moves forward. Well, yeah. I'm a very static defence person, but... Get. You do that and it depends on the type of army you're playing tau do extremely good static defense yeah but run forward pummel everything that comes towards them run forward again unopposed yep more on that later uh but yes there are other types of points and i forget exactly what all the different types Uh, are there are three types there are your standard strategic point there are four types four types if you count power as because yeah, uh, but you can build that yourself, so you it's can, not a but there capture are, point. Okay, so the, the three types of capture points. Then there's the sh- basic strategic point, which gives you requisition and is in certain location. There are critical points. That's it. Which yep. are specific zones, which are which are normally have something to do with the mission. Yeah, it will normally be you have to capture this point to win, and there's like three or four on a map, and you have to yeah. capture fifty percent or more, and you win. And they will also normally give you much more requisition than a normal point would. Yeah, a critical point is well worth having. And then there are relics, which are basically the... They allow you to upgrade. If you have a relic, you can access... They unlock the top tier of the tech tree, basically. And they give you a lot more requisition. Yes. But most importantly, they let you have Terminators and Land Raiders, and then you win. Yeah. Whoever can get the Land Raider first wins. (laughs) <laughs> that's the rule usually that's predators or if you're playing on a smaller map just churn out dreadnoughts yeah that is true yeah 
and then send them to go slappy hands your enemy face. And the thing about relics is the in, uh, they tend to be in the least strategic locations. Yeah. They, you have to go out of your way to go and get them. It belongs in a museum. So it is a strategic decision. Mm. But critical points, you will get them. You have to. Strategic points make sense to grab. Relics, you only do it if you're gambling that taking the relic will help you win the game. Or if you just really like a particular unit. Yeah, like Terminators. Yeah, boy! With the amount of times <laughs> that I have, I've diverted a tactical squad to go take a relic, and then the place they were going to originally has been assaulted, and I've had to very quickly about turn and run away. Shit, boys, get back on it! <laughs> get back, get back. And that's the decision you're making. Yeah. Which is a much more interesting decision than how heavily to guard your harvester. Yeah. Because the way that the pop I always find that the population cap, the spread of the strategic points, and the limitations of how many units you can have on the board, obviously, means you've got to make a lot of really difficult decisions about the balance between defense, uh, ground domination, and attacking your opponent. Because you want to attack your opponent, shit, build all the predators you can and nuke them into oblivion. <laughs> but they are not going to hold your um, objectives. No. And if you spend all of your time playing a defensive game, at some point your opponent's going to have enough tanks to come and punch you in the face. You've got to hit as hard as you're getting. So you have to advance, you have to capture ground, and you have to keep fighting. But you have to do all these things simultaneously. Unless and therein lies the challenge. Unless it's uneasy. And then they just spin around in circles. Yeah, that's dumb though. It was Easy was ridiculously easy though. Easy was... For the gamer who wants to go play skirmish mode and learn the tech tree. Yeah. So that when he goes up against a hard AI or a, computer, a, a human player, he can go, click, 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 now I know this. I've, I've, got, my, I've got my build down. Because there is still that element to it, which has been around since StarCraft, that you, know, you plan your route through the tech tree and just advance as quickly as possible. That still exists. Yeah. But it does make you step outside of that box, because you're going to have to go and... <sighs> capture some points along the way up the tech tree so you can't just turtle up in the base and do it you need to have your tactical squads out there moving you've got to be upgrading your troops because basic infantry for all of the races are normally upgradable as your tech tree expands to be formidable foes the whole way along the game Mm -hmm. i mean even the soft and squishy eldar guardian with a weapons platform they are a serious sticking point on anything very true. And was it in the original Dawn of War that uh, there were sort of gameplay elements that were unique to the races in multiplayer? The WAG is what I'm specifically of thinking them, yeah. of. And that's how different races play slightly differently depending on well, their character in, in the uh, background story in 40k. Mm-hmm. The Space Marines have the drop assault that you can do. You can get into the enemy and call down your units from yep. orbit. Orbital teleport or drop pod, depending on the unit. Yep, they have flying that. flying hunk of metal that lands in the middle of the enemy base, and a big box of killy steps out of it. <laughs> they have that battle barge we were talking about. They can just deliver troops on demand. Uh, what what else was it in the original one? What was it? It was Orkwag. The Orkwag, which confused me a bit. I never got that down. You had to build a lot of boys. Yeah, it was. Because Gretchen didn't count, funnily enough. Their voices are too weedy for a proper wag. But um, 
It, oh, what was it for chaos? It was uh, summoning, wasn't it? Getting a greater demon on the, yeah. the board was what you wanted to do. You're doing it again. Well, we just assume that listeners are familiar with 40k. What is a warg? Ah, right. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how to explain it because it's odd. Um, it's mob mentality given form. Yeah. A warg is essentially, as, as the orcs grow, as their numbers increase, they all get together. They all get a bit more... They all Shouty. want to shout. They all it's want to mob fight. Mentality. Mob mentality. Yeah. And eventually a warg happens, which is what happens when an orc tries to shout war. I thought it was just incoherent shouting. I've never thought he was shouting war. He was shouting it sounds like It sounds like war, but it comes out that way. Now, to me, that's how I think of it. You're a dude. I, I think I'm sticking with Troy on this one. It is just Wah! It's yeah. I've got the volume switch. It's I want to shout something. I'm, I'm, I'm making too noises too. <laughs> you're not making noise. I'm making noise too. It's a noise feedback loop. I'm making more noise than you. No, you're not. Wallet. Wah! Fighting happens. And all the orcs try and outwag each other. They get themselves all whipped up into a frenzy. And then this vast seething sea of green boils towards you, screaming wah! And if you're a guardsman with a las gun, your reaction is piss. It's brown trousers time. Yeah. It does mean changing the bulb. And then there's chaos, as we were talking about. Why are you looking at me? I don't well, you, chaos. You, you seem to be quite enjoying doing the You were just about it. to say. Uh, no, I was about to try and explain the orcs. But ah. the yeah, chaos get the demons, which are big and gribbly and nasty, and you don't want to touch them. You don't want to touch them, you want to shoot them. Yeah. Uh, the Eldar have their webways, which is a Eldar trick of technology. They have they can set up safe channels through the warp to transport from one location to another instantly. There's there's a pretty good way of explaining the webway portal uh, in, as far as game mechanics. Need a teleporter here. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That, that's that's the webway in game. Or in, in terms of sci-fi tropes, stargates. Yeah, yeah. On a slightly smaller scale, they just within a battlefield, you can just step through one portal and step out the other. It's they're very handy, and your opponent can't. So when you invariably get set on fire, and your squishy little guardians go, "Eh, we're sad," you run them back through the portal, keep them safe, and then surprise your opponent again because you're some sort of pointy-eared douche nozzle. The Eldar can also camouflage their buildings, which is annoying. Yeah. The Eldar are a really good race to play. If you're a player who likes and is good at micromanaging, like if you if you learn the keyboard shortcuts, left hand is doing that, right hand's got the mouse, and you learn the Eldar tech tree, you will win because, damn, they're powerful. Until the expansions come along. <laughs> and the first expansion for Dawn of War, which is, I think, what's making Troy make that noise. <laughs> Winter Assault. Tanks! The, Tanks and men! The Imperial Guard. The the Hammer of the Emperor. The, the favourite race of everyone here present? Yep. Or? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Where the Astartes are the scalpel, the Imperial Guard are the giant sledgehammer wielded by a massive yeah. bloke. There's, there's only really one way to explain what it is to be a guardsman in the 41st millennium. You are a professional soldier. You're, you're like a member of any military in the world today. You're given 
you know, some of the the standard gear of your species. You're given body armor, you're given a helmet, basic communications kit, training, and you're sent into the universe to fight the Emperor's Wars. Well, to- they are, with, with the exception of the Lanzgun, equipped very similarly to a modern-day soldier. Exactly. Which is pretty much what makes them so accessible. Yep. But the problem is... Unlike the modern soldier, their enemies include such things as ancient undead alien husks in metal bodies, eight foot tall green gribbledy monsters, and chaos demons. Actual and... demons, yeah. yep. Actual, uh, literal demons, beasts most, from beyond reality. Most of the things that they will be fighting are at least two feet taller, and their guns don't work. Alien yeah. races that can turn invisible, uh, yeah, alien races that time don't die. Yeah, yep. literally don't die. <laughs> um, so, in the 41st millennium, life in the universe is pretty much inimical to humanity. And you've been given a flashlight. Your laser gun is ref- affectionately referred to, and not so affectionately, by the 40k community as a flashlight. A- Unless it's a really big las gun, in which case you've got a mag light. Well done, you. Yeah. You have a t-shirt... With probably a proud slogan emblazoned across it somewhere, <laughs> cardboardium alloy armor, and a you know a book which tells you don't panic in big unfriendly letters because the commissars are watching. Well, no, let's face it, the book lies is it, what the book does. Yeah, it the says, book says, "Do not be panic. scared of orcs; they're four feet tall and weak." Yeah, if you grab hold of its teeth, you can pull them straight out. Yep. Do not be scared of Tyranids, who, if you've ever seen any of the Alien movies with the creature based on H.R. Geiger's uh, design, you'll be familiar with the the kind of image that a, a Tyranid will convey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, don't worry about them. They have puny claws. Very short reach. Very short reach. <laughs> so they, they have a book of lies to keep them warm at night. Largely because by the time a guardsman finds out the book has lied to them, it doesn't matter anymore. He's either a bastard or dead. Yep. Average life expectancy of an Imperial Guardsman in combat is approximately 20 minutes. It was 15 hours. Depends on the... Depends, yeah. From deployment or from the start of the fight? In the entire universe, (laughs) it was 20 minutes. I would... But in, in certain battlefields, in certain battlefields, it'd be longer. But yeah. but importantly, it is it, the Imperial Guardsman is a man with a le- a laser gun, a bayonet, and some guts behind it. And They're the heroes of the Imperium. I've always felt that in the tabletop game with which we are all very familiar, it's the Space Marines are the the sort of hook to draw in the the young to the hobby. They are the the supermen, the... The paragons, the knights. In giant, awesome mechanical armour, and they have their giant bolt guns and their swords that have chainsaws going round them and, you know, all the cool flashiness. And then, once you get a bit older and you start to get bored of winning... I don't know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't win a lot with my marines. No, but, I didn't win a lot. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but w- once you start getting bored of playing the marines, there are the guard... The people who are like you. The poor bloody infantry. The guy who's dug in in a foxhole, praying to the god emperor that whatever's out there doesn't find him in a merciless universe. And he he suddenly is a much more empathisable character. Yeah. <laughs> and to make up for them all being soft and squishy, they have 
lots of tanks. Oh, yeah, they do. Arguably the best tanks in the game. Lots of tanks. Simon is now pointing at (laughs) lots of tanks because, well, we are, you know, enthusiasts, we're hobbyists, we are collectors. What is that? 12, 13? That's only nine Lehman Russ. Only nine Lehman Russes. Yep. Lehman Russ being one of the the tanks available to the Imperial Guard. The standard battle tank. Yep. Arguably the best tank in the game. And it is their standard battle tank. And boy howdy, it's an ultimate killamajig. And what can you get in Dawn of War all of a sudden? The Lehman Russ. <laughs> but And the Baneblade. Yes, which is the relic unlockable unit. Which is like a Lehman Russ, but four times as big and ten times as nasty. No, 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 no. It's like a Tesco's. Yeah. It's about the size of a supermarket. <laughs> well, it's like a Tesco's that only sells death. <laughs> Can we put that on a mug? <laughs> it's like Tesco, but it only sells death. Yeah, it, it is. And it has it on really special. Is. Yeah. It's a supermarket-sized uh, Two-for-one deal. <laughs> two-for-one deal on bolt guns. Well, most of its weapons are twin-linked, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. There we go. So, um, But the Imperial Guard, we're, we're kind of drifting away from Dawn of War and going, And talking about how guards, awesome cool. the Imperial Guard are. Yes, I knew this would happen. <laughs> but um, Winter Assault also introduced... No, actually, Winter Assault didn't do much, did it? it no, was... it introduced the guard yeah. as a playable race. It had a whole new single-player storyline. It did, um, but it wasn't nearly the sort of the revolution for Dawn of War itself that was Dark Crusade, which was the second of the expansions and practically a whole new favorite. game. Yeah, at that point, I'm oh, just trying just... to remember if Winter Assault did introduce no, anything the, else. The planetary campaign, because. It was quite clever, I think, Dark Crusade, because it introduced the Necrons and the Tau as two new playable um, species, where if you purchased uh, Dark Crusade by itself, you were able to play as the Necrons or the Tau. But if you had earlier versions of the game, you know, it was it was a perfectly valid product. However, if you had the whole series, boy, how do you lucked out, because you got to play earlier versions of the, you know, the Space Marines, the Guardsmen, the Eldar, and what have you. And Dark Crusade, I believe, had a plot. Um, it's uh, worth pointing out, just before we continue too far, Winter Assault introduced two new single-player campaigns, which is actually pretty cool. Okay, that is... all right. Like, you had the Forces of Order campaign, where you got to play as the Guard yes. and the Eldar, and the Disorder campaign, where you played as Chaos and the Orcs. Yeah. Which I never bothered with. Oh, it was actually very cool. Yeah, but I don't like Chaos and Orcs. Oh, but the, the point of owning Winter Assault, really, was to unlock all the races so that by the time you got to Dark Crusade... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could have everything. Uh, and it introduced what so many of us... I mean, as tabletop gamers, there is a certain joy in linking your stories together with a narrative and playing a campaign. You know, oh, even, yeah. Even uh, Napoleonic, American Civil War, Ancients, Reenactors, War Gamers know that joy which comes of seeing your victories persist and your your strategies those those little risks and hordes that you take to try and gain an advantage somewhere else you know the the risk taking coupled with the benefits and the occasional losses which really make that count your career yeah as it were that was what made dark crusade cool because... see straight away what you lose in dark crusade is the out-and-out narrative. There is no, and then this happened, leading you to come here to fight this battle. 
Right. The outcome of which was this, which led you over here to fight this battle. And, you know, so there, there's no ongoing story throughout. Mm. But instead, what you get is the ability to choose pretty much any race, with the exception of the Turinids, mm-hmm. and find out why you are here, why this world matters. There's no continuing narrative, but there is a story. Yeah, Each race has a reason to be interested in this world. And then you are given the world and told, set about it. Conquer the world. And it's, it's kind of like looking at a risk board. I think that's on purpose. It looks yeah. like the campaign maps <laughs> we're familiar with. Yeah, it's kind of like looking at a risk board. And you are presented with these regions of the various land masses of this world, each of which is defended by one of the other races and may or may not confer interesting bonuses, because one area might, for example, have a foundry in it, which will allow you to manufacture things. More tanks, more tanks. For example. More tanks. Uh, I can't think of off the top of my head any of the other sort of region bonuses, but it's that sort of thing. Where there you are a can... lot of sort of uh, early game boosts and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but it's things that allow you to slightly alter the way you play mm-hmm. and make later games easier for example the ability to pre-build bases so oh, when you start a map straight away yeah you just drop buildings pre- pre-chosen and constructed so rather than starting with just your home base you start with your barracks with your vehicle building already set up it saves a lot of time and makes makes it easy to defend that just means you start churning out infantry yeah immediately and there will always be of course the, the the enemy generals. Mm-hmm. They will be in whatever sector, and if you conquer that sector, you take on the hardest fights in the game, but you have the ability to knock out a race. Yeah. Boy, howdy, were some of them awkward. I remember that fighting the guard was bloody hard. Well, they become the closest thing to an ongoing narrative, because there is always the area they are defending, whether it's uh, the Necrons in their tomb, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have these huge set pieces, basically. Yeah, you do. The and Titan they are cannon, fantastic. The Titan cannon. That bastard thing. <laughs> a Titan is a war machine, tens at least of feet tall, and ranging up to hundreds of feet tall. If not, if you look at the Imperator, yeah. thousands. It is a mile or so tall, isn't it? It's yeah. outrageous. It has a city on its shoulders. There's a reason they're referred to as the god machines of the Adeptus Mechanicus. But more reasonably, you have things like the Warhound, which is it's only a... 60, 70 feet tall? Yeah. A piffling. Yeah, a, a trifle. Yeah. Uh, the Reaver, which is only about 120. I mean, only. And the Warlord, which you is You can nearly, knock that down with your knob end. Nearly 200 feet tall for the Warlord, yeah. I think. I mean, we're starting to get a respectable sort yeah. of... Yeah. And, and so they have guns that are proportional and one of them is aimed at you yeah that's that's a bad thing to discover when you when you're playing this goddamn mission for the first time (laughs) and suddenly your general all of your best troops and a couple of tanks are incinerated (laughs) with one stray shot that you weren't paying attention to so your men just disappeared my whole goddamn (laughs) battle group just gone and i didn't know what had happened so it happened three times 
It is just because <laughs> it is just the detached arm that that somebody's attached power generators to. Yeah. So it can fire, and there's this large, large canyon that the only way to get to the person's base is along the canyon. But the canyon, the canyon was formed by well, largely by the fire of the cannon that's been carving this hole in the ground. <laughs> Which every it's every minute and a half it fires. I think unless something like that, unless you can, it take fires out power rapidly. Generators. You take out power generators, and the time in between firings increases, which is hopefully enough to get your men through and shut it down. Yeah, which never works. No, so, and but it's a good illustration of the interesting set pieces yeah. that Dark Crusade has waiting well, it's very for you. James Bond villain. <laughs> they, they get it, and also to personalize the whole thing. You are represented by a commander, a general, a great leader, who is a example of your race, who you can personally upgrade. Whether it's uh, buying sort of force or power swords for your marine general, which are incredible blades with a power field around it that allow it to just slice through armor as if it wasn't there, or the giving him a bigger boss gun. hat for your orc general. Yep. Which- Makes his boys around him braver and such. Or a stealth field generator for your Tau commander, which enables them to go unseen by the enemy. God damn it. Or a coat for your Necron Lord, because (laughs) he had to have a coat. Yeah, because it's a bit chilly. It's a bit cold being dead and a robot. And metal. Metal doesn't retain the heat well. (laughs) No. That was a bit silly. His upgrades weren't. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to upgrade a Necron Lord. Because yeah. they don't have many upgrades. He, he comes pre-built, really. Straight yeah. out of the box, he's a motherfucker. Yeah. And, but that personalises it. That gives you an individual onto which to settle your victories and your hopes. Who it's is you. often the yeah. most powerful unit in your army. Always. Uh, well, individually, well, he he's... Like, for example, the guard commander is a good, a good one to take. Oh, yeah. He's quite squishy by the standards of the other guys. Have it. Team him up with a unit of Ogrins, you know, True big, that. Yeah. big guys, or with stormtroopers, what have you, and he will bolster the effectiveness of your army, much like a human commander would. Or you take an orc big mech, whose power, uh, power field generator confers a, a defensive bonus to all those around him, and he's a goddamn giant orc, so he's damn near invincible. <laughs> oh, and once you kill him, he stays alive for a good 20 seconds, because he's got so much robot in him, he refuses to die. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised how many things there are about Dawn of War that get me worked up, <laughs> which is always good. Yeah, no, no. But yeah, that's that's you know Dark Crusade. Why was Dark Crusade cool? Because damn, it took a great RTS. I mean, Dawn of War is just a great RTS. No bones yeah. about it. And it introduced something which was fantastic. You know, a planetary campaign which yep. you could pursue any damn way you wanted. It was personalised. Um, well, that wasn't new. I mean, that's been kicking around since that wasn't the Dune new, 2 game. But games. adding it True. to the franchise was a yes, big step absolutely. forward. absolutely. Yeah. Giving what I... Th- Obviously, it was a great investment for um, Dawn of War fans. You know, players who'd come yes. from anywhere. But to players of Warhammer 40,000... Oh, yeah. It was just that little bit of extra icing that I think was the... Squee! Which meant we were going to buy it again. <laughs> and then they soul-stormed. And then there was yes. something else before Soulstorm. No, 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 no. It went straight to Soulstorm. Went straight to Soulstorm, Soulstorm which cause... going from one planet with several locations on it to was it multiple worlds, four or five planets, five, five worlds, five worlds 
each with multiple zones. You're now fighting in a system. And you've been introduced now to the Dark Elder and the Sisters of Battle. Yes, the Necron were introduced in Dark Crusade, yep. who are undead robot husks, unliving, unkillable bastards. As were the very Tau. sort of Egyptian mythology. And now we get two of my favourite races, the Dark Eldar and the Sisters. Yep. The Dark Eldar we touched on earlier, they were the ones who refused to stop their life of excess. They live as pirates, they take prisoners and, oh god, don't get taken prisoner. Yeah, pray they don't take you alive. And we get the Sisters of Battle, who are nuns with guns. Bolter bitches. Yep, who... It's often wondered, you know, are they their amazing abilities? Are they the fact that they are slightly psychic in some way? Or are they actually divine intervention from the emperor himself? Are they acts of faith? Are they acts of faith? They're just women. They they go crazy. They get guns. What they go they go crazy. Is this once a month this happens, Michael? Because I feel you're you're just you're gearing up to it. Women women are crazy and they have edging out on a limb. And we're letting you. So go on, Mike. What's cool about the Sisters of Battle? Dude, that's so cool. I'll tell you what's fucking cool about the Sisters of Battle, and that's that if you have the right chapter, they look like they're wearing habits. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Well, chapter is the wrong term, but... That is, uh... What is order. it? Order. Yes, it. they are order. orders. Uh, they are literally nuns. They, If we... Th- Look at the Space Marines as the warrior monks. They are the warrior nuns. Oh, yes, they are. Boy, howdy, are they the warrior <laughs> nuns. Because you take the arms, the armament, the the vehicles, what have you, which are normally reserved for the mighty Adeptus Astartes, the Space Marines. Then you make those for the nuns. Because yep. you figure, well, they're going to go and try and kill somebody anyway. Well, in, in the sure fl- I like it. the reason that the sisters exist in the fluff. The fact that the ecclesiarchy promised to never raise any men at arms. Well, there was there was one of many rebellions in the Imperium, uh, the Reign of Blood, where High Lord Gofandia led um, the members of the ecclesiarchy against the Imperium and uh, tried to set up his own little empire. And as a result, as Simon said, the ecclesiarchs went, "Well, that was bad." And we will never again hold a standing army of men-at-arms. And they went, well, women don't have penises. Hey, nuns, here's some bolters, here's some power armor, here's some tanks. And largely their job is to protect routes of pilgrimage. They go mm. from shrine worlds, they educate as, as much as imperial education ever counts uh, the locals. They are, as far as um, you know, the adeptus go in... 40k they're actually quite a benevolent organization they're emissaries they're hospitaliers they you know they treat the wounded they teach they raise up and they spread the word of the empire yeah um, they also purge guys. the heretic yeah uh, they also yeah burn burn the witches um the holy trinity of bolter melter and flamer yep Basically, shoot it. If you're human, burn all its armor off, then set its corpse alight just yeah. for fun. If you're human, you're okay. No, and not for fun. Just to be certain. Double tap, man. Leave no yeah. trace. <laughs> Especially with orcs. <laughs> but yeah, sisters are cool. And the only thing missing from Soulstorm, now that we have a planetary campaign ranging across multiple planets within a system, was a space combat. There was no Battlefleet Gothic stage. Which I think would 
It's kind of Relic missing a trick, I think. They started with Homeworld. Exactly. That could have been. You know, this down. is what these guys made their name with. Yeah. Was space combat in a strategy way. I don't think it, it would have been to... fit. I don't think it would have worked in the uh, Dawn of War engine. No, probably not. However, as a standalone game or, you know, a, a tie-in that you could import victories, whatever the hell. I but, agree here and now to purchase it if they ever make it. Yeah, Relic, if yeah. you're listening, um, please make a Battlefleet Gothic game. You have the Warhammer 40,000 license. For, for once, milk it. <laughs> so many people would buy that game. Yeah, because when, when you turn around and go, hey, it's the guys who did uh, Homeworld. Oh man, they're doing a they're doing a 3D space combat game. That's cool. Yeah, and you remember oh, that Dawn shit. of War game they did? Yeah, they're using the same IP, so it's that in space. Well, fuck yes. I I just cheers do my pants. And on that bombshell, do you have anything further to say? Well, actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dawn of War is where. Uh, where can we link it into? I mean, um, Company of Heroes. True. Came out yes. very shortly yes, after. Yes, a couple Dawn of, of years War. after. And um, it, it used a lot of the same. It was the, the same, same engine. engine yeah. Used the same capture and hold system. And that sort of running narrative, obviously, a yeah. World War Two game, but yes. um, requisition. They expanded it further because you had not only your standard requisition, but fuel and um, ammunition. Yeah, which became incredibly difficult to manage and incredibly vital yeah it was it was where the fights happened was over fuel you yeah. fought over fuel because boy howdy you wanted to get your Shermans out or you fought Hang over on. ammo war points. over oil really yeah. but you, you'd fight over ammo because damn you wanted to be able to get the uh, sticky bombs on yeah. your troops and that I th- a lot of that owes to um, Dawn of War obviously very similar concepts yeah but they've um, got the engine why not reuse it Company Heroes also is going free at some point, isn't it? A multiplayer version is. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's worth looking up because I remember this. Uh, there is a Korean or Chinese group, I think, who has the rights to a translated version, which is a free multiplayer game for them. And I believe something similar is happening uh, English in the recent markets. Um, I think you're right. If you go to companyofheroesonline.com, there we go, then you will encounter, first of all, an age gate. <laughs> which you know just lie everyone does and yeah you will see and i want you to play for free graphic right there it's free to sign up free to download free to play apparently cool so well, go actually, give it a go yeah if you've ever been curious about dawn of war try its younger brother company of heroes for free because if you like that and you like sci-fi well you're kind of missing a trick by not playing dawn of war yeah um that's a good call. Yeah, I'm glad well I remembered that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Company Heroes also had two successful expansions, um, but that's again, that's not really in the scope of Dawn of War itself. But is there anything we're missing? I feel like we we are forgetting something. I don't think so. Well, I mean, morale. Oh, yes, yes. morale busting weapons like flamers. Yeah, yeah, we completely missed that. Oops. <laughs> There's not really much we can do now except to. Hey guys, guys, guys! There was morale. Yeah. Um, there's another system, another way to win. Yeah. Which, as a sisters player, I probably should have mentioned. Um, well, Space Marines, it never really comes up because mm. you guys are really brave. But sisters have a all the flame weapon in the world. Yep. And b they are a bit squishier. Yeah. So I, I've learned it from both ends. 
But when a squad is... I said both ends broken, and got away with it. Yeah, you did. When a squad is broken, when their morale is stretched to a point that they are you know, afraid or start to run, you can still order them to continue fighting. But they do so at something like 25% effectiveness. And this limit, this kind of uh, what each race will endure, is unique to them. Guardsmen, for example, don't like dying. No. Orcs don't like being set fire to. No, they don't. Sniper rifles will almost always pin a unit. Space Marines, they don't care. It's only incredibly heavy losses that will make them lose morale. It's not the only thing we've forgotten. What's that? We've also forgotten the cover system. Oh, the cover oh. system's so cool! You know, one of one of the major unique selling points that changed the way RTS games were played that and were introduced so in Dawn of War. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Ugh. We're stupid. Yeah, but we it, was, are. it was very much like the tabletop. Yeah. Of get into that, uh, get into that bunker. It's heavy cover. Get into that crater. It's light cover, and it reduced incoming, incoming firepower. And you were harder to attack hand to hand in cover. It would, mm. it would hand you the advantage if they were trying to break into your position. You know, you were the defender that conferred certain advantage on you, just like in the tabletop game. Yeah, and just like in the tabletop game, flamers did ignore cover. Ignore cover. Yep. It was always. I do remember now having. A tactical squad with a heavy bolter, a couple of plasma guns, and a sergeant just going, fuck you, buddy! Just holding out against yeah. all all comers. And another interesting mechanic that I think was introduced in Dawn of War, I don't remember seeing it in any RTS beforehand, was sort of in-field requisitions. So you could upgrade a squad on the move on and the spot. Yeah. Uh, add new members to, the, replace fallen members. Teleporting! On the spot. They yeah. just teleport in new people. Or orcs would jump out of nowhere and what have you. Yeah, just spawn. Yeah. So, okay. Those are two fairly significant features Which of the Which we should have game. brought up earlier. Yeah. Uh, but we have covered them. We have covered them. And I, again, these do... Uh, those same mechanics crop up in Company of Heroes. Yep. It's free. Go have a go because it's a good game. Well, we don't know how many of these mechanics do translate into Company Online because we've not played it. Oh, that's true. But I imagine they would. Yeah. The Company of Heroes game, it all translates over yep. quite effectively. But mention Dawn of War 2 is a very different game. Hugely yep. different animal. That's why we're not sort of talking about how this all continued on in Dawn of War 2. It yeah. didn't. Because Dawn of... What I really like about the difference between the two, because I do generally prefer two, just because it's a, a slightly better game. Two isn't an RTS in the no, single player. It's an RPG. Yep. Which is what I really like about it, because Dawn of War itself does what you do on the tabletop. It's always bigger, yes. grander battles, more men on the field, yep. more explosions and more to manage, and it does have that feel of a great big game. Although... As a tabletop player, and this will make sense really only to our tabletop playing listeners, it is a 40k game, very much so. I would yeah. love to see an epic game. Ooh. Ooh. And, you know, Sorry, uh, yeah. reduced, that was a little dirtier than I meant to be. Reduced graphical complexity, because yeah. you're not going to be getting in as close, but on the scale of epic, with titans as controllable units, yeah. with units of tanks. Don't select a squad, select a platoon. Yeah. I, that would be wonderful to me. Yeah. So again, Relic, if you're listening. Relic, we love you. And you have the IP. Yep. Do it. Um, but it was where Dawn of War 2 was very squad-focused. It, it focused less on the 
the the grander battles and went instead for much much closer to the fluff to the backstory one that, space marine is a killamajig he is equivalent to a platoon of men more than you yeah know, he he is a hero whose name is probably known across dozens of worlds there are people whose job it is to make sure that fragments of his armor which have been left behind on planets that he saved are forever interred in their most sacred reliquaries space marines themselves are iconic in so many yep. ways and to see them represented that way in dawn of war 2 which i think is sweet. something you'll see in the forthcoming space marine game yeah it is <laughs> but dawn of war 2 does that in a a strategy familiar way where you play one, two, or three marines. Does it get to four? I think you can be a squad of four at one point, can't uh, you? Your only squad of four is, is the, the tactical, tactical squad. squad. Yeah. And you kick ass. Yeah, you're always four units at a time, so a yeah. maximum of something like 15 marines. And you save... Spoiler warning, you save the world. <laughs> you don't, but you don't get just the stop girl at the world. because... It's a very rough area whether your penis works, but... No, it does work. <laughs> it's, a sta- it's never anywhere that marine giblets don't work. It's never stated that they do. True. Never it's... stated they've still got them. Uh, yeah, but it's also part... No, part of their development when the uh, implants are put into them is that they grow with testosterone. Shall I troll harder? No, stop it. I'll. Uh... <laughs> I'll... 12-foot-tall Kilimanjig you. <laughs> but the multiplayer of Dawn of War 2 is very familiar to Dawn of War players. Yeah, because it does it does step back and go, right, for game balance, this is how this needs to work. And also, 40k has kind of established how multiplayer games work of this quite well. So yeah. why, why venture too far from the formula? Sure, the single-player game is a completely different experience, but the multiplayer is familiar. Yeah. But why not make the single player different again for Dawn of War 3, Relic? Why not give us vast city-wide battles of thousands of units? Just just a thought. Sorry, I can't hear you over the mutant wishlisting. I'm just thinking, like, 40k total war. Yeah. That could be interesting. To be, to be the commander sat on the battleship guiding regiments of guard yeah. across the face of Let the planet. Let your platoon leaders make individual decisions. Would work for me. Damn, that'd be cool. But yeah, but that's music um, witch listening. Uh, yeah, it's not really anything about Dawn of War. So let's let's try that again on that bombshell. On that bombshell, let's quickly talk about other things. For example, I just want everyone to know that the forthcoming free release of APB Reloaded is going into closed beta. Free release. Free release. Why is it free release? Well, it's free to play. Why? I paid for it. Look, it's coming back. Yeah, but will I get something? I your, paid for it. Your characters. Really? Yeah. Sweet. They let's, bought the databases. Let's go play 70s cop show. Let's go play 70s cop show. Sweet. Uh, it's going back into closed beta. Like, now. Invites are going out. Cool. So that's going to be coming up soon. And if you're looking for a not free-to-play game that's incredibly awesome and that you can play with World 1 Stage 1 host, there's always Star Trek Online, of course. Yep. Which I am now on. Yes, because we've established your computer runs it. And there's DC Universe Online. It was a very close one thing. And it doesn't run DC Online. Okay. Can I, can I just point out how surprised I was God, by yes. DCU? Yeah. Because it's, I think you hit it on the, on the head best. It doesn't 
have a great deal of depth to gameplay. No, it doesn't have a great deal of breadth. That's it. But it has a lot of depth. The one thing it does, it does really well. Yeah. They haven't tried to satisfy everyone. It's kind of like how Arkham Asylum worked. Yeah. In that, you know, here's two or three things that are cool. A, f- a combat system, mm-hmm. detective mode, mm-hmm. and a great story written by the the Batman you know and love. Here it is. Yeah. That is DCU. It's, it's DCU's longevity that's going to be interesting to me. Because what they've done is they've said you don't need to go out and um, grind a shit ton of this level of mobs to advance. We've got enough story in here that you'll be level 30, which is the level cap, by the time you're done with all the quests. Yeah. Uh, so they... It, not quite grind free but it's you know you do the quest you get to level 30 you're done yeah grind light grind light very grind light and you're very quickly feeling like a hero because there's no real death penalty it's very quick and easy to jump back in the fight Mm -hmm. uh so there's not a lot of challenge to getting to level 30 because this is a game where it's all about the ring war which is a war between sinestro and the green lantern corps over power rings. Have you not encountered this bit yet? Nope. It's I'm there. I'm staring blankly. <laughs> and there is a huge part of the city that is of Metropolis that is set aside as a war zone. And every, uh, whatever the period of time is, the ring war PvP starts up again. Okay. And all the top level characters head into the war zone and batter the shit out of each other in epic hero versus villain combat to try and win over the ring war. Yeah. And turn it to their tide for a time. And I think that's the end game here, is okay. the battle of hero versus villain. Mm. Although my end game is going to be hanging around my low level ilk, protecting them from evil gankers from the other side. But there is, a li- it's kind of almost like uh, a Bioware game, there is replayability. Mm. Go back, oh, God, try, yeah. a different, try a different mentor. This is the thing that really fascinates me is. Is there a limit to how many characters you can create? Because I haven't hit it yet. I haven't hit it yet. And I've got like five or six. I've got six. And it's because there are, like I said, there's not a lot of breadth. You can't be anything apart from a hero or a villain. That's that's your thing. But what kind of a hero or a villain are you? Are you a gadgeteer? Are you a pyrokinetic? Do you control the element of ice? Do you destroy things with your brain? Do you rely on guns? If so, what kind of guns? Pistols? Rifles? Are you a sword wielder? Sword and shield? Two swords? Are you a martial artist? Are you a brawler? Are you wearing pants? Are you wearing leotard? Are you wearing trousers? And then within those power sets, so much depth and complexity there of moves that connect with one another and have inter- interconnecting effects. Yeah. And then there's the iconic powers. The Laser ironic vision, powers. The, the ironic powers. Ironic <laughs> boots. Such as the the uh, indomitable lasso. Yeah, I, I wonder where that could possibly come from. Superman's heat vision. Yeah, or the the batarang, I believe, is another one. You or get, the hard it? light shield, which is incredibly handy. Yeah, but it's just it's worth pointing out rather than kind of dwelling on. But DCU shipped as a very good game. Yeah, utterly playable. A couple of bugs here and there. Yeah, but, but no, very fun. Breaking. And if it's gone out on release, an MMO which has gone out good. Damn, let's see where this is in three months. Yeah, because that's going to be the key. Are they going to keep pushing it? Yeah. Or are they going to say, here it is, it's a good game? Which is kind of what... Uh, SOE. Yeah, that's the trouble. They have been known to do that to a game. But where they've gone, here seen... it is, here's a good game, and then left it. Yeah. 
But then we've, we've seen uh, recent changes in business practices. You know, not from so- SOE, not we haven't. from Sony, but places <laughs> like uh, EA, for example, are now not as universally reviled as That's they That's true. Were. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Uh, so hopefully we can see the same sort of logical change of heart in SOE. But we'll see. This is, this is again, yes. wishlisting. Definitely. But it's a really fun game. Yep. Uh, also... For those ah, for those of you who haven't seen or who uh, don't read the forums for whatever mad reason, uh, do be sure to check out our Twitter feed. Yep, uh, we are mad and have taken recently to getting online as a group <laughs> and uh, inviting listeners to come in and join us on the World One Stage One live shows. Yep, I'm. Hey, that reminds me, I need to talk to Rich about possibly putting this out on Simply Syndicated Radio itself. Ooh. Because uh, Vosprung Dirk Technique. Yeah. But Vosprung not Dirk Tech Permission. Ah, right. Uh, <laughs> right, Vosprung Tech Permission. Boo. Yeah, we, we have the ability. Yeah. But I haven't cleared it with him. Okay, that's cool. So, I mean, that might happen, but certainly follow at W1S1 on Twitter for random. We're going live, apparently. We're going tweets. live in five minutes. Meet us. Yeah, because that happens. Yeah. It's only happened like twice. But both times were awesome. Yeah, they were. <laughs> you just stop opening Ustream. <laughs> as soon as it happens, just, that's it all what goes wrong. you just open Ustream and yeah. then wrong happens. Yes, it was awesome. Wrong awesome happens, and then I start saying goodbye to your telly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't visit the forums, do. They're awesome forums full of awesome people, very yep. friendly. They're not mutant troll fests. So come and check us out at simplysyndicated.com. There are some mutants. Yeah, but they're we're not on trolls. the show now. Yeah. But yeah. we're not trolls. Well, we are a little bit, but not yeah, we are. not to our listeners on the forum. No. Only to each other in real life. That's Jack. That's, That's Jack. Jack. So, this has been World 1 Stage 1. I have been Simon. I have been Mike. Previously, in this episode, I have been Troy. Goodbye. Night. That was World 1 Stage 1. Visit our website at world1stage1.com. Join our forum. Send us an email. Or follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And, of course, our thanks go to Power Glove for our theme tune. <laughs>